Where's Nathan? Nathan wants a separation. You're lying. I don't lie. I create reality. You're sick. I let patients go when they're ready. And dear, you're not ready. Hello and welcome to another episode of That So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. I am Carrie Claypool. Wow. You didn't even let me, you just jumped right in. All right. You, you paused. Know you know what you're doing. Uh, you paused, and I so paused. I thought, oh, this is the way we're doing it now. Yeah. Carrie's here. It's been a while. You were busy. Uh, with a baby. With a baby. Well, the baby's here, but. Hopefully she'll sleep the whole time. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so this episode's movie is The Scarapist. Not <laughs> The Scarapist, as I mispronounced it last week. The Scarapist from 2015. Let's, uh, right off the top, I want to say, because this is supposedly based on the true life experiences of a number of people, but specifically... Uh, Jean-Marie Spacuza, who wrote, co-directed, and stars in this movie. And I understand that therapist abuse is a thing, and it's terrible, and I empathize. And if this is the art she had to do, art in parentheses, or in (laughs) quotation marks, to, you know... Come to terms. Right. Exercise those demons, or therapize herself. Therapize, is that a word? Well, sometimes. <clears throat> then good for her. And I don't I'm I don't knock it. And I'm not even going to because after my experience with Lilith and a couple other movies on this show, I'm not even gonna dock points from the movie for just just for being cheap, for having no budget, for looking like it was shot on an iPhone. Because sometimes that works out for me just fine. But this this cannot be her real life experience. <laughs> no. I'm no. sure she suffered some sort of and that's terrible. And I'm not making fun of her at all for that (laughs) i'm sure she suffered some sort of actual you know traumatic experience but if it was this experience that is portrayed in this movie she would have been on the cover of people magazine as the woman who saved her family from the psychotic therapist and she would have been on the view and she would have been you know what i mean Mm -hmm. nancy grace would have had her like yeah we would we would have heard about this shit (laughs) because sure this is nuts so she has obviously extrapolated some thriller details into this. So, uh, oh man! So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make fun of her. I'm not gonna make fun of the cheapness. But there's plenty to make fun of. There is. <laughs> there is. And, and you know, I'm about halfway through it, I thought this would you know if we were the kind who did this, the type of people who drank a lot, it would have been a really fun drinking game. I work in children's mental health, so I, I'm not a therapist. I work under a therapist, but so I kind of have an idea of how it goes, But I, so I know what a HIPAA violation is. It's the <laughs> Privacy Act, right. you know. So I was thinking it would have been really fun if I was the kind who loved to drink excessive amounts of alcohol 
to have a drinking game where you take a drink every time there's a HIPAA violation in this movie because it was like constant. <laughs> well, not some abusive there, but so right, right, you know. But it was just it was funny that tracks with with her, but right. So it starts. The movie opens with a sort of block of text saying, you know, therapist abuse is a thing, and it happens to this many people. This percentage kill themselves. This percentage. You know, all these different things. And it says one made a movie about it. Okay. I'll, I'll go with you. Then we have an actual voicemail. It says actual voicemail on the screen from, I'm guessing, Jean-Marie Spacuza's therapist, her scarapist. Which sounds to me, and I'm not knowing all of the backstory there, but it sounds like just a mildly passive-aggressive voicemail. It does not sound, it is not a scary person. <laughs> it is not a threatening it's just kind of like i didn't even make a note of it i was just like huh it's like i just thought oh they're just setting this oh you don't want to you know like oh we just had these breakthroughs i'm sorry that you don't want to work with me anymore and and some other stuff and it yeah it's definitely kind of passive aggressive and i could see that it's you know yeah depending on (laughs) the events surrounding it but it's not like it does not sound like a psychotic individual Right. Leaving a voicemail. It's not. Right. If this is the worst ammo you've got, I don't know. So she's playing Lana, who's at the park. Well, she's a writer. She's having serious writer's block. She's at the park trying to, like, just get her head together. And she's approached by this woman, Ilsa, who I guess they had met at her friend Candace's wedding. She's Candace's therapist. Who's like Lana's best friend? Hepa violation. <laughs> that is a huge conflict of interest. But she gives gives her her card and is like, you know, oh, I was talking to Candace about you, and <laughs> you you could use me too. Here's my card. And Lana's doesn't seem like she is that interested in it. Well, and and <laughs> she's just creepy. She's like, dear. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. I, like I said, I'm not gonna make fun of the movie just just for being cheap. But if this, but the movie is so amateurish in every regard, not just visually how it looks, you know, budget-wise, I mean. Like, there are so few shots in this movie that are framed correctly as far as, like, I'm setting up my shot. What are we looking at? What is in view of the camera? And 75% of the shots in this movie are focused on the wrong thing. Like yeah. someone will be talking and the camera's focused on a random object in the room behind them. Yeah. And there's like <laughs> there's whole scenes like like later on in the movie when they're going to that house at the lake. There's whole scenes that are just like 30 seconds of a rock, 30 seconds of a door, 30 seconds of that and I'm like are they trying to be artsy? Are, are these things going to come into play later? Nope, it's just Yeah, that and also weird. filling your runtime cuz it's short. Yeah. You know, padding yeah, but it was. But there'll be times ridiculous. where someone will be talking, and the shot has cut off their head, and you're seeing like they're sitting in a chair, and you're seeing like their legs and their hands in their lap, and part of their torso, and not their head at all. And it's like, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. So this was made by someone who doesn't know how to make a movie. Okay. The acting across the board is, I've seen worse, but yeah. it's not great (laughs) it's all very either over the top or i just read my lines 30 seconds ago roll the camera quick before i forget them (laughs) like and reading them almost phonetically like right 
Yeah. Again, I feel bad for this woman. <laughs> I, I feel bad. This whole episode, I'm going to feel bad because it's... I'm sure it was a terrible situation, but this was not... This movie was not the answer. In in its present form, this is not it. No. It maybe it was for her, but for anyone watching it, no. <laughs> At home, Lana has an argument with her husband, Nathan. And it's... Because Phoenix... They have a daughter named Phoenix who's kind of lollygagging. It's time to get on... He's got to get her to school because he can't be late for work again. And they get in an argument where they're both pretty... We're, we're supposed to take it, I think, as if Nathan's being an asshole. And he's kind of being aggro. You know, he's saying, look, I cannot be late to work. So when I tell her I need to go, he's he's not screaming at the child. I didn't think he child. was over the top at all. Because I prob- I've done the same thing to my own kid. Like... You cannot miss the bus because I am late for work every time you miss the bus. But he's you shouting, know? yeah, he's shouting up the stairs, Phoenix, let's go, you gotta go. But he's not like calling yeah. her names or being, you know. It's what parents doesn't do seem to too get crazy. To go. And Lana's not, she's like, can you just be like peaceful? But the way that she approaches him is worse than how he's approaching Kind Phoenix. of. I feel like she's, and maybe that's. I'm of two minds. I can't decide if the movie is trying to portray her as the good guy in this, and Nathan is like this, you know... Strong arm. Yeah. I'm gonna get my kid to do what I say. Or if it is trying to show us that Lana is very on edge, and that Lana could probably use a therapist because she's blowing things out of proportion like this. That must be it, because there's a scene later involving a cupcake where Lana is way overboard. So... They're, maybe they're trying to, you know, show both sides of her. But she's coming at him real kind of passive-aggressive and also, yeah, she's real up his ass about it. Yeah. And I'd be willing to take her side on this, except that we learn later that Phoenix has been late to school three times in the very recent past, which tells me that Nathan is doing the right thing. Nathan is like, she's always late. I have to get her there. on Like, so... I kind of, I kind of have to, in hindsight I have to be on Nathan's side in this. Right, right. Well, and and it, kids, people get frustrated, and kids, you know, if her dad is frustrated that she's late, that's fine. You know, kids need to see us being frustrated. It's normal to be frustrated, and I don't think he handled it inappropriately at all. It's not okay to never <laughs> ever show frustration and just be completely. You're late, honey. Like that's. Yeah, you can't baby no. talk all the time in situations like that. Be gentle. <laughs> another another thing that I, I noticed, you can't help but notice for the entire movie, and that plays into the overall amateurishness of this. Maybe it plays into the budget too, I don't know, but everyone is so shiny. Yeah. Like they could not figure out how to either apply makeup to people or light them properly or both. Because yeah. I've never seen... In a, even in a low-budget movie, I've never seen people so shiny. They needed like, <laughs> some translucent powder. They needed something. They needed a better makeup person or to be lit better or something. Because everyone, you can see every, because it's HD. Yeah. So you can see every single pore in their face and they are just so shiny. They're like Twilight vampires in the sun. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Salon has writer's block. She's at the computer. This is when I saw the post-it note on the back of the computer with a little Jesus figure, like, on a cross. And it says, did you forget to save? And I just thought, my first thought was, oh, is this going to be a horror movie with a Christian theme? I was just thinking back to Bigfoot. 
Oh, the something Bigfoot in the woods? Movie. Yeah. Something in the the woods last movie. one you did? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> no, not a secret Christian movie. Also not really a horror movie. No. This is kind of messed up. My, I had a good streak of horror movies going here, but this is kind of, I guess maybe this will, it's more of a thriller. Thriller, but, yeah. Or maybe it's a horror movie because possibly Ilsa is the devil. But they, who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because she has There's weird little things, things that going don't on. Make sense. <laughs> but yeah, also the post-it on the back of your laptop doesn't help you because you, by the time you see it, you've already closed the laptop and you didn't save. That so was the other thing. That's I was, a bad placement for yeah, that. That's not where it belongs. But while she's she's kind of freaking out, she's trying to write and she can't. She's getting way over the top, angry about it, and mm-hmm. slamming her fists on the table and screaming and like, take a deep breath. <laughs> Go back to the park. You'll, ideas will come. But she, the school she cleans. Then she starts cleaning at that point. Yeah, and the school. There's a lots of her just wandering around the house, staring out the window as the leaves fall off the tree, and just meandering and killing time while she's not writing. But the school calls, and whoever the principal or whoever it is that has called her, horrible, would lose their job mm-hmm. the next day. Because he calls and he's like, hey, she's been late three times, which immediately puts me, again, puts me on Nathan's side of the uh-huh. argument earlier. But then goes on to say that... Phoenix is in <laughs> desperate need of good parenting. Yeah, and you need to spend more time with her and less time with your novels, he says. Like, I'm excuse, fuck you. <laughs> Number one. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't, you don't call a parent talk. Like, that's no. outrageous. I refuse to believe that in real life this woman ever got that phone call because right. <laughs> that's right. ludicrous. The well, a school and, official and, would call and say those words. And, and would you say that, because that's her job. She needs to write a book. I'm presuming she brings in some kind of income with her writing, right? It's typically why you write a book. If you have a family, you need to support them. So, like, what would he say to her if she was working at the grocery store? You need to quit your job and go on welfare because your daughter needs to spend more time with you? Well, Nathan's obviously working a lot. But, That's true. But but even just the, like, she's in, des- the, she's in desperate need of good parenting is, like, who do you think you're talking to, sir? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this isn't, like, I don't know. Right. I don't even have an example. Well, and so I'm just outrageous. thinking of kids that I do, that, that I know personally, who do need good parenting like i don't know just crazy but would you call their parent and say that no, to them bold faced <laughs> and and she is doing a great like there's nothing she's been late a couple times and she had some issues in school okay what kid at some point in their life doesn't have some kind of issue that needs to yeah, be she's not showing up to school with blood on her clothes and missing her shoes like right. <laughs> she's just been late a couple like calm down marijuana Sarah. in her pockets or right. anything that's it's bananas yes so she's that kind of puts her over the edge and so she's like okay maybe i do need to see a therapist because i'm yelling at nathan i'm getting calls from the school i can't write for shit so i will go see this ilsa and she gets there to it's just a house that apparently ilsa, ilsa has her practice at and there's a patient waiting outside. She's like, oh, are you next? And he's like, yeah, I'm next. It's this guy, Steve. We'll find out later is his name. And Ilsa comes out as if he is not even there, talks right over the top of his head. She's like, oh, you're here. Come in. And ignores that he is there at all. So something weird's going on with this Steve guy right off the bat. 
Yep. Yep, more conflicts of interest. But once Lana is in the house, she leans over and whispers something in Steve's ear. Yeah. And then Steve, like, oh, okay, okay, and, like, walks off. So (laughs) things are afoot. She has her first session with Ilsa. Ilsa's making large leaps in judgment <laughs> about say like oh you had an abusive dad and then and a mom who enabled it and all this stuff. i don't know where you got that from from the conversation that you had but also and this will be very important to the rest of the movie she is she's hypnotizing lana as well and by hypnotizing i mean <laughs> just with no precursor no lead up no work put into it ahead of time she just goes close your eyes and she like that is uh. she has magical devil powers which at later points in the movie she could have used and does not right <laughs> because it's instantaneous she with no unless you're just not showing us a whole lot of stuff but it's her first time there and she literally just says Close your eyes, and she's hypnotized like that. Right, with and if no... they needed to put stuff in the movie, they could have explained how that worked a little better instead of giving us 30 seconds of a rock. Right. In a f- or yard. papers yeah. blown on the ground. Yeah. Or... But it's, 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 she's the best hypnotist in the land, I guess. <laughs> she also occasionally has, for reasons that are never explained, I thought at first, maybe it's something that only Lana is seeing or hearing, and it's part of her the hypnosis thing, because Ilsa will be talking, and then her voice will suddenly get deep. And she'll have, yeah. like, this devil voice that it goes into. Except that later on in the movie, there's a moment where Ilsa's talking to herself, and the, the, her voice does that again. So it's not just a thing Lana sees or hears. It's something that's actually happening yeah. with Ilsa's voice. So what is going on? Is she a supernatural creature? <laughs> it is not explained in any way. Nope. It is Completely unnecessary. It's just bizarre to me. It's very bizarre. <laughs> it's a bizarre decision. But that this is not how hypnosis works. No. At all. Well, also I might hypnose I would question if hypnosis works. End of sentence. But right. that's neither here nor there. While she's hypnotized, Lana has visions of a robed figure. Yeah, she does something like um birds at rest, not if you can hear it. What was that about? Yeah, she's quoting it, Pink Floyd a lot. Not yeah. if you can hear me. And then she she touched. She said something about how curly hair and was like touching her hair in the session. That was just creepy to me. So. Oh yeah, that's later on. She's got a weird. Oh, is that later? Ilsa, yeah, Ilsa like instantly is obsessed with Lana and her, her whole thing. It's weird. Yeah, but complete <clears throat> disregard of boundaries. Touching someone's hair like that, just no. Lana has, a v- yeah, these visions of, like, a robed figure that she keeps getting, like, closer and closer to but never quite gets to. And then each she kind of gets closer to each time until we'll get there at the end. But when she comes out of it, Elsa <laughs> says, like, she's like, okay, wake up. And she wakes up. And she goes, there, now you, now you don't think artists have to starve anymore. I've taken, I've removed that idea from your head. The idea that starving artists have to be starved. You know what I mean? Like... You didn't mention that at all. No. And you don't, that's not how hypnosis, you don't just reach into someone's mind and go, Poop, you don't think that anymore. It's bananas. Yeah, it was. Lana leaves seeming like this was helpful, but then when she, she's sitting in the kitchen at home, and Nathan 
and Phoenix come in, and they each have a cupcake, because obviously on the way home from school, Nathan probably feeling bad that he yelled or whatever, has taken Lana's words to heart. They've stopped and gotten Phoenix a cupcake, which Lana snatches from her hand as if it were a poisonous snake, <laughs> and tells her to go upstairs and brush her teeth. Like, I don't know. If there's some kind of no cupcakes rule in the house, you need to tell me that as a viewer. Because otherwise, all I see is a crazy woman stealing a child's snack for no reason. Just to be a mean woman. <laughs> like, geez, that's terrible. And is then, like, getting on Nathan's ass about, like, how dare you buy her a cupcake? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you for real right now? So this therapy is not helping. If anything, it's making her worse. Well, and this poor little girl is going to need ten times the amount of therapy when she grows up <laughs> yeah. if this doesn't change very quickly. And then we have, so we're immediately back to the next, Ilsa has, a, despite saying, oh, I never see patients this late, a number of times in the movie, she apparently does see patients at night because we have, it's that terrible cheap day for night thing where we can't actually afford to shoot at night, so we're just going to tint everything blue and pretend like it's nighttime. That is really obvious and it's been in other Awful. movies on the show before. But she gets there for another session. This is where the hair touching it because oh, that's Lana right. goes over. There's like this, there's these sort of double doors, gla glass doors. Yeah, with what is clearly a bed sheet that has just <laughs> been taken out of the package because you can still see the creases from where it came out of the package. And anybody who has ever purchased new bed sheets and pulled them out of the package would recognize this. The very clear signs that these are bed sheets that have just been removed from the package and hung up in these glass windows why yeah it's not curtains it's like yeah it's like a bed sheet that's hanging so there's light shining through it so you can tell there's something in that other room yeah lana goes to kind of open the door and check it out but and I mean, Ilsa the least appears I can... from the ether and and i get they have a low budget but at least iron the bed sheets <laughs> so you're not aware that this is a brand new bed sheet that was or just grab curtains from your house something I right know. something but because it's shot in HD, all oh, every little detail jumps out like that. Like oh. people's faces being so shiny and full of pores. Yeah. But yeah, Ilsa appears out of nowhere and is like, oh, no, be she doesn't say don't open the door. She says, oh, be careful. I just cleaned the floors. And then there's a shot of like the floors, which are perfectly clean. So her excuse, <laughs> I don't know what that conversation was about. But it's to distract Lana because like she's not supposed to go in there. And Lana doesn't ask like, hey, what's in there? I don't know, none of your fucking business because it's Ilsa's house yeah. you're in. You're not yeah. in an office. Yeah. You're in her house, so it doesn't matter what's in there. <gasps> Apparently, it's her pillow and blankie storage because she goes in there to get that stuff later. Oh, icky. <laughs> yeah, here's where the hair touching. She's like, oh, do you have you always had such naturally curly hair? And Lana's like, yeah, I guess. That's a dumb, weird question. And goes to sit down, and as she's walking away, Ilsa reaches out and like, yeah, like, touches her hair as she walks away so she wants to I don't, she either wants to be lana or she's it's, in love with lana or she just has who knows? no concept of personal boundaries well yeah there's that <laughs> yeah and here's where she's like oh you know what you need i want everybody to feel comfortable so i'm gonna get you a pillow i'm gonna get you pink blankie and she goes in the other room and there's like a time lapse edit of, of just her going in and out of this door which is pointless and yeah it brings her this pink and she calls it a blankie. She like calls you're it pink blankie. You're dealing with an adult. Yeah. You're dealing with a grown woman. Behave like it. Yeah. And she also says, 
are you wearing are you wearing perfume? And Lana says, no, it's like my scented lotion. And Ilsa says, don't wear that again. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And she is also, is this where, maybe it's, it must be the next one. I'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. But there's there's memory implantation happening as well during this hypnosis. Uh-huh. You could gather. Because that's when she says about abuse started when you were a baby. Yeah, she's giving Lana the idea that like, Oh, it's not just that your father was abusive, that he abused you even as a baby. Yeah. Can you hear that? Like, don't you hear the baby crying? That's separation or what? what yeah. Gobbledygook, she's saying. And yeah. again, she's getting closer and closer to that robed figure, and then she snaps out of it. When she snaps out of it, you can hear a baby cry in the house. Uh-huh. And Lana's like, hey, did you hear that baby cry? And Elsa's like, no, what are you talking about? So one of two things is happening. Either something supernatural is happening... <laughs> Or Ilsa has planted a speaker somewhere the baby to play a baby cry at the exact moment she wakes up. I don't know which is scarier. <laughs> it's, yeah. Both is pretty bad. So, yeah, Ilsa's bad. Like, from second one, you know Ilsa's bad news. Like, it's not a surprise that, like, oh, my God, even if the title wasn't The Scarabist, it's never <laughs> like, I can't believe this Ilsa is a crazy... But like, me, the first time you see her, just... The way she talks and smiles at you while she's talking with her big, crazy eyes, yeah. you know immediately, like, oh, this is bad news. <laughs> this lady's how bad she news. she goes, dear. Yeah, I don't need that. Oh. I don't, I, I, let me tell you something. I don't need that from waitresses anywhere I go. I don't need that from I anyone, can't dear. stand it. Nope. Like, I understand you're trying to get a big tip. You're going to get one anyway because I'm a nice guy. You don't need to butter me up. You don't need to pat my arm and call me dear or call me... I don't need it. I'm not. We're not in a folksy diner in Oklahoma. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, Was this where she said she... we don't really have any idea of a sense of time because yeah. she's at the office. She's back at her house. She's at the office or Ilsa's house. She's back at her house. There's a lot of. Next time she's at her house, she has like a tank top on. That is, I mean, it's not super revealing, but it it's just definitely looks like a regular tank top. But it definitely. Shows Cleavage-y. that she, yeah, she has a figure. And she's kind of done her hair up. Yeah. And she's a good-looking woman. And maybe that was why she was putting the lotion. Well, it wasn't perfume, it was lotion. Who knows? But as she's leaving, Nathan's like, this is why, this is what how you dress to go see the therapist. <laughs> Which, on one hand, is none of his business. Right. But on the other hand, he knows his wife. He knows she does not dress like this. Yeah. So that's a kind of a legitimate question of like, because he has to be thinking, like, is she really going to the therapist dressed like, uh-huh. or is she going out on a date? Like, what is she, it's weird that my wife is dressed like this. So he has questions, and she basically tells him it's that, yeah, it's none of his business. I'm doing this for me. Well, and maybe she's just, like, Ilsa's decided, been good for me. hey, I want to feel good about myself, and I'm going to make myself look good for me, which is fine. That is absolutely fine. It's also fine if she wants to dress up for Ilsa, but just the way that she... <laughs> She gets very defensive about it, which I mean, maybe is the right call. Maybe not. I don't know. I can understand. Even maybe he shouldn't voice his questions, but I can understand him having questions. Or maybe <laughs> just kind of say, "You look really nice. What's with the new that would look? be a better approach? That maybe. would be yeah. a better approach. And maybe then she would say, "Oh, I just you know I'm just trying to make myself feel good. So if I put some effort into my appearance and wear clothes that make me feel like I look good, you know, maybe it'll help me in other ways." But why she is choosing. To, because I don't think this is an idea that's been implanted by Ilsa. Maybe because they. 
Because when she gets there, Ilsa immediately, unless it's like a negging, she's trying to break her down. Maybe. But we never see her implant that idea. Right. So it's either Ilsa implanted that idea just so that she could like turn it around on her. Or, I, I, I don't know. Why would Lana dress sexy for Ilsa? <laughs> she has I, don't her, I don't know. I don't know. But I bet she, she goes for another person. nighttime session and Ilsa's immediately like, do you think that that top is appropriate? <laughs> so turns it back around on her. And then it cuts to, it does a hard cut from Lana's face to Lana's breasts that is so hilarious. There might as well be a boy yo 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 sound effect because <laughs> yep. it is, it's, this cut is crazy. Yeah. The cut, the, like, this just, the hard cut to a extreme close-up of this woman's bosoms Cleavage, yeah. in a tank top is so funny. It's so funny. It com- That's from a completely different movie. <laughs> that's from, like, a ski school comedy in the 80s, that shot. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah yeah Ilsa's like don't like don't dress like that anymore when you come here so if Ilsa did give her the idea to dress like this just so she could then be like just to play with her mind or whatever I don't know but here's where she goes she gives her the blankie and pillow again and she's like oh that's Lana's pillow I tell all my other patients like you can use the pillow but that's Lana's pillow and Lana's like Okay. HIPAA violation. I work with kids and one kid, and I had two kids who are really good friends and they know that I work with both of them. And so every now and then they'll try and catch me and they'll say, Hey, did you do this with so-and-so too? And I'm like, you know, I can't talk about, I can't talk about the kids like that. Look what kids I work with. And, but they, it's like, they're trying to catch me and it's hilarious, but yeah, you just don't bring up your other clients with your clients. Huge. No, no. So I would so be with, pissed off if my therapist told me. I tell everyone this is Carrie's pillow. So Ilsa puts Lana under again. And again, it's just close your eyes and she's out. Yep. <laughs> deeply, deeply under hypnosis. And she's saying to her, remember the word separation. Separation makes you whole. So she's implanting the importance of the word separation in her head. And then says... And this, she says the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud because she says out loud during the hypnosis, I'm going to take everything from you. That's the part you should keep to yourself because now you just told her what you're doing. Like, okay, you just yeah. revealed your master plan out loud, which seems like a mistake. Yep. And so when she wakes up, she's like, I want you to call Sweeney. She gives her this piece of paper with the phone number, says call Sweeney. No explanation. Just call Sweeney. This will help you out a lot. <laughs> okay. What that means is, is that you're going to pace around your house while you wait for Sweeney to show up. A large, bald, intimidating man. I mean, skinny, but tall. Yeah. Certainly to a woman home alone, probably an intimidating man. Yep. Is going to barge into your house, get unsettlingly close to your face, whisper something in your ear, and then force feed you a horse pill from a baggie of <laughs> out of his pocket he pulls like a ziploc baggie full of these and they look like it doesn't look like it's not like a little like ecstasy pill or like lsd or whatever i don't who knows what this is supposed it's huge. to be but it looks like a giant fiber supplement like yes. it's an enormous brown pill or filled with brown something that he force feeds and she has no problems with this that this man has just barged into her house and force fed her drugs <laughs> And she's just cool with the whole thing. 
because Ilsa said that's what she should do. Look, <laughs> some of this is on you, Lana. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I know you've been hypnotized and all all of this stuff, but you still got to have some common sense, man. And this this situation that you find yourself in right this minute, not okay. And mm-hmm. you know it's not okay. So what are you doing? We don't know what this pill is for. It makes her dizzy and it makes her pass out. And she has she sees some more weird rogue figure guy stuff. But then she's fine. So we don't know what it was, what it did, what the purpose was at all. And it will never be explained, so don't nope. ask. Yeah, it's just a thing. <laughs> it's it just happens. to mess with her, I guess. Who knows? Like so many things in this movie, don't worry about it. <laughs> so now she's, this was apparently, now she's had time to think about it. That was a line too far. Yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. You should have figured that out before he stuck the pill in your mouth and got real intimate with your face. Yep. She's, so she storms over to Ilsa's and she says... She doesn't want to be hypnotized. Yeah, I don't want to be hypnotized anymore. I don't want to memory regress anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Here's my thing. How can you refuse, though? If Ilsa... Because we, as we've seen, Ilsa can just go, close your eyes, and you're hypnotized like that. How come she doesn't do it then? Why don't you do it right now? When she's mm-hmm. saying, I don't want you to hypnotize me anymore, you should say, close your eyes. You will let me hypnotize you all the time. Yep. And hypnotize her to, like, okay. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like I don't know how she's allowed to refuse that. But yeah, she says, I don't want to do that anymore. And Ilsa's like, okay, but, could we, but we can try it one more time, right? She's still trying. And she's like, no. And she gets up to leave. And she's like, no, no, my patients leave when I say they're ready. And dear, you're not ready. And her voice gets deep again. And you're like, what is going on? Is she a ghost what what is happening? She possessed. Why does her voice do that? I thought she might be possessed Don't know. or something. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. And then I thought maybe there was something behind the doors controlling. There are so many questions they just don't <laughs> answer. Cause I, and I actually thought, well, maybe Ilsa is possessed or something and she's under the control of some dark and evil being behind the door. No. That might have been a more interesting movie. Yeah, because there are a lot of times when they're talking that it's instead of focusing on Ilsa, who's talking, it's focused on the door behind her. So you're thinking, oh, this door is super important and she wouldn't let her in there before. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's like there's a man behind the curtain controlling everything and Elsa's a victim too. No. Not sure. Not true. And then, so, Lana storms out. And then we have the funniest scene where Ilsa sits down in Lana's chair and is pretending to be Lana and is like doing like a mocking voice. And it's... I can't tell if this is a genius performance or a horrible performance, but it's funny it's either funny. way. It's really funny. Because she's like, I don't want to be hypnotized anymore. No. I said no. And, she's, and it's, it's wackadoo, but it's deeply funny. <laughs> yep. Whether it's supposed to be. I don't think it's supposed to be, though, is the problem. No, so Who knows? <laughs> so Ilsa calls Nathan and is like, hey, this is your wife's therapist. Take a drink. <laughs> I think she's been. Well, I guess you do have the. You do have to disclose if someone's meaning harm, but you disclose to the police, yeah, not so, their husband. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the <laughs> statement like that they everybody signs at the beginning is you know that everything we say will be held confident in confidence unless you are threatening to hurt yourself or someone else, and in that case, the police are called. Right, the police. Not Nathan, yes. <laughs> because she calls Nathan and says, "Hey, I, you should know, in our sessions, 
Lana's been saying she's going to hurt Phoenix. And Nathan's like, well, that's bullshit. She would never hurt anybody. And she's like, no, that's what I heard. So here's what I'm going to need you guys to do. You need to, like, well, you need to come talk to me. So he comes to visit Ilsa. And she's she's rubbing his thigh and rubbing his hand. Oh, so now yeah. I'm like, well, is this her motive now? She wants to steal this woman's husband and child? Right, especially since she said separation. Maybe she was trying to implant into her brain, you need to separate from your husband yeah. so that I can step into your life. Which... It's kind of what happens, a, but that would make a much better movie too. If that was, but ten point. minutes ago it seemed like she wanted to sleep with Lana, yeah. And now she wants, so she's just she's all over the place. I don't know, and we'll never know what is this woman's motive, what is this woman's end game, what is her goal. We the, don't know. When this is all said and done, what will she have hoped to accomplish? And we never, no clue. We will never know. <laughs> I guess she's just a lunatic, and that's a good enough explanation. Not really, though. <laughs> but yeah, she's rubbing Nathan's leg and hand, and she's like, here's what I need you to do. No contact with Lana whatsoever from now on, and you need to take Phoenix to my lake retreat where I do work there, too. Uh-huh. And you guys, like, hide out there while I deal with Lana. And he's like, yeah, all right. Okay. No questions <laughs> he's asked. He's resistant at first. Right. But she somehow convinces him. When again, she should be able to just go, close your eyes! <laughs> and hypnotize him too. Take your daughter to this room and lock her up. But he's like, eventually like, yeah, right. I mean, we see a scene of him sort of struggling. He's in the car, he's just gotten home, and he has his cell phone out like he wants to call Lana and tell her what's up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was but he doesn't. He would, because he seems to be a reasonable person up until that point. <laughs> but he just follows along with what? it. Also, oh where God. are they, where are Nathan and Phoenix staying? That Lana isn't just going to come home and there they are. They've obviously gone somewhere else prior to going to the lake retreat. Right. Because of the no contact thing. Right. Did they like go to... Also, that's what you should tell Elsa. Look, we don't need to go to your weird lake retreat. I can just take Phoenix... This is a problem. I can just take Phoenix to my brother's house. Mm -hmm. Or we'll go to my parents' house. Mm -hmm. Or we'll go stay in a hotel. It's, we don't need to go to your weird well, and that compound. would make more sense to a kid, too, to say, oh, we're, you know, mommy's busy writing her book. We're going to go play with your cousins. Or we're, we're going to go spend a weekend in a hotel so mommy can work on her book. Like, what's he telling Phoenix? We're going to this strange lake house. I don't know why. Like, because while he's there, his first instinct, which is correct, is to, well, I'm just going to call Lana and ask her about this. Mm-hmm. And Ilsa says, hang up the phone. And, like, straight up takes the phone from his hand. Mm-hmm. Sir... What are you doing? <laughs> is everyone else that comes across a weak-willed, like, mouse of a person that she can just... You're a grown man. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hang up the phone if you don't want to. Yep. Yeah, but she gets real handsy with him. All of that. So there's a whole thing going on. Then we see that guy, Steve, who was... Elsa's other patient, who was sitting on the front porch earlier. Mm-hmm. Or the front steps. Is... Sitting in his house, and we see day, we see time pass as the room gets, you know, darker. Yeah. Because he's and he's just sitting on the sofa, waiting for Ilsa's phone call yeah, for Ilsa to summon him. <laughs> like the killer girl in the, you probably you haven't seen this, I don't think, but my but listeners will know what I'm talking about in the movie audition, the scene where the girl is just waiting by the phone for days for the guy to call her, and then the, the bag behind her jumps and all that. Great, one of the best scenes in the movie. That's what he's doing. He's sitting there waiting and waiting and doing nothing, just waiting for Ilsa's call. 
And she calls him and tells them, hey, there's a couple people coming to Lake House and I want you to detain them. Detain. And he, yeah, and he's like, I'm on it. No questions asked. This guy's like totally her toady. So she's really done a number on this uh-huh. Steve guy. Yep. So Lana, Lana gets a call from, or she calls, one of, either she calls Candace or Candace calls her. I can't remember. But her best friend Candace, who we never see, we only ever hear on the phone, who's also Ilsa's patient. And I'm also apparently a pawn of Ilsa as well because, and Lana's like, oh, Nathan and Phoenix are missing. I have to go find my daughter. And Candace is like, oh, no, you should go see Ilsa again. And she's like, no, I'm done with that. And But Candace is like, no, she, she'll really help you. Like, she helped me. So Candace is clearly, like, also under Ilsa's sway and is, like, a pawn in this as well. So Lana has no one to turn to now. Her, everyone in her life has been infiltrated by this woman. Which, again, this cannot be the reality of what happened. No, it you really can't. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to, like, the shootouts and the kidnapping yet. But So she says, I gotta go find my daughter. And by go find my daughter, she means jump in her car and drive around her neighborhood <laughs> in a daze until she runs into a stone bridge. Like at the park, there's like the bridge that like, the, yeah, there's like you a stone bridge with a tunnel and, cut yeah, through it that cars, cars can drive through. through and she plows right into the side of this thing. But like, what did you think? How were you going to find Phoenix by just driving around your neighborhood? They're probably not walking around your neighborhood. <laughs> right. Where were you going to? But so now she's like super dazed. She gets out of the car crash and wanders through the park until she passes out. At which point Sweeney, who was like following her, who was waiting outside her house for her to leave and followed her car, saw the whole thing, picks her up, takes her to, I guess, his house. Uh, it wasn't really made clear exactly. Because when she were. leaves here, when she runs out of this house, she looks back at it and looks around like, where the hell, what street am I even on? So it's not her house. She doesn't right. know where she's at. But dude, if you are kind of kidnapping someone... Don't take them to your house. Mm-mm. Now they know where you live. <laughs> what are you doing? But so Sweeney has carried her passed out ass. He has her on a mattress in his house. And he's supposed to cut her hair off. Yeah. He's got a pair of scissors. But then he calls Ilson's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not cutting this lady's hair. I'm done with all of this. So he's like a Steve who has broken free. Yeah. <laughs> he did come and drug this woman, but right. he's not going to cut her hair. Lana wakes up at some point, and Sweeney's not there. And so she runs. Yeah, here's where she, she runs she out. Runs and is like, where the hell even am I? Runs on foot to Ilsa's house slash office again and goes straight to the no-no door. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to find out what's in here. Like that, Why is that the first place she wants to go? Yeah. Like, well, maybe Phoenix kid, is in there. Maybe. But wouldn't you call the police? <laughs> That's a damn fine question. I was wondering that the Why whole Why are you not time. calling the police? She's going out at to any look. point in the proceedings. Yeah, she's going out to look for her daughter. Why doesn't she involve the police in this? Because technically her daughter has not been kidnapped. Her father oh, has taken right. her somewhere. And you're not like a divorced couple That's and true. he's missed his drop off for visitation or something. Like, right. But he's not answering the phone. But if you wake up because you've been kidnapped, call well, the police. Well, there's that. <laughs> also... Well, at this point, you don't want to call the police because you have questions to answer yourself because you crashed your car into a bridge and left it there. True. You're now a wanted criminal, probably. So she's in, she's in bad, bad shape. Such bad shape. But she goes, and we have, this scene is 
maybe the most nonsensical. I don't know. Yeah. She opens those double doors, and behind it is that robed figure that she's been seeing, except now we can see his face. He looks like, I don't know what, a zombie? Some kind of Some sort of devilish creature. He's got a white thing. face with like cuts and scars all over it, yeah. and crazy teeth and crazy eyes. And then she slams the door shut, and she turns around, and Sweeney is there because he's followed her here too. And when they look, when we look back at the double doors, not only <laughs> there is drawn in, in like MS Paint special effects, a lock and chains around yes. the doors of this. You could not, you literally could not afford a lock and chain. A lock and chain to put on this it real life door. It probably costs the same as it, the uh, bed sheets you bought to hang as curtains. It would cost more to draw this in on a computer yeah. than it would to go to Ace Hardware and buy a lock and chain. Yeah. I do not understand. Unless it was a post, just like, oh shit, we missed that shot. We need a shot for some reason. We need we need the shot to show that she never actually really opened those doors because they were locked the whole time. I don't know. She only imagined she opened the doors? Or maybe she's imagining the lock now. Who I don't, knows? I don't think that's the case, but still, yeah. But it's drawn in in the most obvious that's not a real lock and it's funny yeah it made no sense but sweeney is there and the creepy face guy is listed in the credits as at being named abaddon though we'll never hear that in the movie so unless you look at the credits you'll you would never know that mm-hmm. or what that's supposed to mean i mean you can look up what abaddon means historically but well, it has nothing to do with this so but sweeney is there and he's like look i know where they've gone and I can take you there. So now it's like a team up with Sweeney, who has a gun, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're driving through a black void because they couldn't afford any sort of rear projection or to film them while they're actually driving. You film during the day, they filmed her when she was actually driving before she drove into the bridge. But when they're driving at night, I guess because they couldn't light it or whatever, they're clearly just sitting in a car. That someone is rocking in front of a black bed sheet or something because there is nothing outside the windows. They are driving through a black void like Sam Neill going across that bridge and in the mouth of madness. Like, just, there's no, no lights, no tree, nothing. And he tells this, he kind of gives his backstory of like, he had to, something about to protect his mom and his sister, he had to hurt somebody. And so he was in trouble for that. So he had to see. Ilsa, and it's, I mean, or something. It doesn't really yeah, matter. It was but, and he also says that, like, oh, he'll have, she'll have Steve helping him. He's, like, totally her toady. And he, like, after his divorce, he became a bedwetter, and she was helping him with that. It's like, okay, that's, but again, how do you know that? Unless it's, Ilsa told you, Ilsa's, take a drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Abaddon is, according to the Miriam Webster oh, dictionary. Look at you. A, p- a place of destruction, an underworld abode of lost souls. Hell. Okay. So, again, nothing to do with this. Yep. <laughs> Other than some half-assed metaphor or something. And he also says, when Lana sends people to her lake retreat, they don't come back. So she's done this before and has never been caught or whatever. So they get to Lana's... Lake retreat, which I was picturing as an isolated, yes. out in the woods. No, it's just in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah, it's just another lake house 
in with a town. neighbors on every side and yeah. across the street. That's not a retreat. To me, a retreat is in the woods, far away. You go down a dirt road, and it's that would have been. It's also not the place to bring your kidnap victims. No, <laughs> the whole world can see him, and I'm sure there's plenty of people boating on that lake on nice days. Yeah, it's not a secret hideaway. I mean, okay. They look through the window and they see Lana pouring into a wine glass. What looks like white wine, but she's pouring it from a big green jug as if it's, I don't know what, pesticide or antifreeze or... Yeah. I don't know. But she's pouring a glass of it to give to Nathan, who is bound and gagged to a chair. Or gagged and bound to a chair, rather. Mm -hmm. Um, Just just sitting in, like, the den or whatever. So I guess Steve must have got the drop on him because there's no way Ilsa took this... You know, Nathan is not a, a small guy. She tries to give him this wine glass of whatever, and he won't drink it. While they're looking through the window, Steve gets the drop on him. He has a gun, too, and he holds them at gunpoint, makes Sweeney drop his gun, and starts walking them. He sort of walks them through the back door. He's going to take them to Ilsa, and Sweeney distracts him, and they, Sweeney and Steve are having a fist fight so that Lana can run. Lana runs up the stairs to go find Phoenix and Nathan, finds Phoenix locked in a room but then realizes that like oh I, I have to go find nathan first so i'm gonna lock her back in the room again yeah this um, poor kid <laughs> so she's like no you stay here i gotta go find your dad so she go finds then she finds nathan frees him just as lana's coming in talking to herself doing deep voice to herself <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she has a pair of scissors so she's coming like Maybe she's coming coming for that hair, finally. Yeah, (laughs) But probably looking to stab some people. But again, for what purpose? Unless you're the Joker, you need more motivation than just, oh, that person's crazy. That's why they do things, and that's all you need to know. What does she gain from... Is she planning to kill Nathan in front of Lana, kill Lana in front of Nathan, kill both of them in front of Phoenix, and adopt Phoenix? What is her plan? Yeah, we never know. And we never will know. (laughs) I don't get it. And there's no way this happened in real life. No. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so Lana frees Nathan, tells him, Phoenix is upstairs in this room. Take the, here's the key. Go get her. I'm going to lead Ilsa away because she's focused more on me or whatever. And there's a bit of a chase going on. Steve and Sweeney are out on the dock fighting. And Steve... Well, the gun goes off, and they seem to have both been shot in the stomach. Yeah. Because Steve falls dead into the water. Sweeney falls down on the dock, bleeding from his stomach. So somehow they both got shot while, when the gun went off. I don't quite know how the physics of that worked, but... Or did I miss? Did he shoot Sweeney for... I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was also, a I don't scuffle. Care. Yeah, I don't care either. <laughs> there, was, there was a scuffle. But now Steve is dead. Sweeney's laying wounded on the dock. I guess Lana has run and hid or something because at this because now ilsa has switched her focus from the people in the house who she should be more worried about getting away Mm -hmm. to go out to see what's going on in the dock and she's stalking up to sweeney with these scissors and she's walking so slowly and so (laughs) dramatically i mean even gut shot this guy is twice her size and could probably snap her like a dry pretzel yeah so she really should get a move on if she's going to run up and stab this guy. But she takes her sweet-ass time to be menacing. And just 
it takes so long, in fact, to get up to him that he just dies. She doesn't have to do anything to him. He's just like, he looks behind her because he can see Lana coming up behind her. Mm-hmm. And then just dies of blood loss from being shot. Lana has found, outside the back door where it was dropped, has found Sweeney's gun, has come down to the dock. She's got Lana at gunpoint, or got had Lana has Ilsa at gunpoint. And Ilsa's screaming at her, like, do it, just do it. And then she does, and again, what is the purpose of this? There's no... Is it supernatural? Because it'd be one thing if she just, like, if she... Because she's saying, do it, do it. And then she goes, do it. It does, it does like, the monster voice. Yep. And if that was just... If the intent of that was she's trying to use her hypnosis to get Lana to shoot her, I'd be like, okay, that's... Okay, I get it. Except yeah. that's not all that happens. When her voice changes this time, the background turns red... And an upside-down red cross appears on her forehead. And what the fuck are you doing? What movie am I watching? Because this didn't happen. Don't tell me you can't start a movie saying, this is a true story about a horrible thing that happened to me. And then show me this shit, because that didn't happen. Nope. (laughs) That's nonsense. Mm -hmm. Unless you're making a movie about demons of possession and stuff, this has no place here. It's outlandish. It makes, makes no, no sense. sense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> jinx. jinx. <laughs> Ten. You owe me a soda. Oh, damn it. You don't even drink soda, really. I don't. I owe you owe tea. Me a tea. So, yeah, there's all of that. But she does not. She fires the gun, but just off to the side. She does not shoot Elsa and just walks back to the house and collects her daughter and husband. But again, now, why has Elsa given up now? Why does Elsa want to die this close to her plan being fulfilled? Fi- fulfilled? Yep. Why is she upset that she... Because as Lana walks away, she's screaming at her over, do it, do it, do it, do it, like a tantruming child. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is any of this for? Well, and didn't she say at some point, I see you finally learned to stand up for yourself. What? But that can't be the goal that of this. That can't be the goal of I this. Kidnapped your, <laughs> I kidnapped your... I kidnapped your... These two guys are dead, and I kidnapped your family and now just you to teach you to stand up for yourself, and you might shoot me, but I guess that's fair? No. No. None of it means anything. And then Lana just... We see Lana at the front of the house and police have pulled up. Finally. Presumably. Finally. Yeah, someone heard the gunshots and called the police. Yep. And presumably Elsa will be arrested. We don't get any kind of like... And Elsa went to jail and died. No, there's no... (laughs) What do you call it? Because again, this is not a true story. (laughs) This is not a... I'm sure there's... Somewhere in here, there's kernels of something that actually happened. But all this shit with guns and lake houses and demon faces did not happen. I want to see I'm someone sorry. on Twitter come up and say, oh, no, this is the true story. Oh. <laughs> and tell you. Hey, man, look, if I'm wrong and this is literally what happened in real life, I'll eat crow and I will apologize on the next episode if someone could bring it to my attention. But I'm not holding my breath. I think I'm safe because... Certainly this upside down cross demon shit didn't happen, so that's the end of the movie. Yeah. It's not good. Not good at all. <laughs> My apologies to Jean Marie Spacuza. I'm sorry for whatever you went through. But this is yeah. Not yeah, I don't yeah. know. Write a book about it or something because yeah, filmmaking like is not the, book. the way to go. <laughs> oh, you see that? You've already yeah. you've got a reader if you do. But before I push the magic button to see what next week's movie is. 
it's not too often that I look through IMDb stuff for movies, but I got curious about this one. And I have some things from IMDb concerning this movie. First off, and you see this a lot, especially with kind of smaller independent movies, where you're reading the reviews on IMDb, and there is an inordinate, an inordinate amount of like 10 and 9 and 10 star reviews for a movie that no one in their right mind who's not related to the filmmaker would give some of the reviews in here are like oh Jean Marie Spacuza she must be Hitchcock's granddaughter to make a movie of this like <laughs> how much did you how much did you get paid to write that how or are you, are you her mother yeah <laughs> because no one are you trying to get a date with her <laughs> no one who watched this movie had that thought naturally that's crazy no and other ones that are like, oh, all of the performances are so great. And like just these really highfalutin written reviews praising this as like, a, it's like, no, these are fake. <laughs> because then you get all the way to the bottom and there's three or four like one and two star reviews where people are like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so this, for the record, is not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it is very, very bad. Um <laughs> There's two pieces of IMDb trivia, the likes of which I've never seen. Well, one specifically. I'm going to read the first one, which says, Due to the traumatic nature of its content and the authentic emotional landscape, this was probably written by the filmmakers too, mm -hmm. and real-life situations represented, the filmmakers have added the following trigger warning. This film, based on a true story, depicts actual events and has been known to cause disturbances and psychotic reactions. Viewer discretion is advised. Which, by the way, at least on Amazon Prime where we watched it, that trigger warning is not there, so nope, not there. that's useless trivia. This is this is crazy. The last piece of IMDb trivia, and I have never seen anything like this for any movie ever, says, <clears throat> Stalking and harassment are felony crimes that carry penalties of 2 to 10 years in prison. Some reviews and ratings posted to this title have been reported to the FBI. The litigants in an active related lawsuit and their attorneys of record have been also notified. IP addresses and user identities are being obtained. Screenshots and other records of activities have been retained. That's on the IMDb trivia for okay, this movie. Okay, that sounds like a better movie than the movie. I would like to know <laughs> the aftermath here. What happened? Which gumshoe detective is following this case and solving it? Well, that sounds to me like the person who that this movie is based on, the Ilsa, uh -huh. caught wind of it and like went and wrote some shit and they had to take it down. And they probably have a restraining order against her, so they like it's a whole thing. But that that's a crazy sense. thing to bring to the attention of the public. Yeah. In the IMDb trivia. Well, maybe, I've never seen anything like that. Maybe she has flying monkeys who are getting on and doing that. It could be. Maybe. Maybe this movie's true. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Wow. But that's a wild piece of IMDb trivia that, that is, I had to read because. That is. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, there's probably not, I I can't guarantee it, but I would bet with 97% certainty that there's not another movie on IMDb that has that in its trivia. <laughs> so, whew. Wow. Yeah. That's the Scarabist. So something's going on. There was Something. a situation. I want to know. And maybe I owe Jean Marie Spacuza a huge apology. I'd like to know more. Anyway. I want to know more too. <laughs> wow. I'd ask her to come on, but after hearing this, she probably she won't. She probably too, so. won't. We'll probably have fuck some me. You're right. Fuck me. You're right. You're probably right. <laughs> anyway, 
It's that time of the episode where I press the magic button. <clears throat> where I press the magic button to find out what next week's movie, chosen completely at random from everything streaming, will be. Can the will the horror kick continue? I guess is the question. If this counts as horror. Thriller. Because my here's my fear. My fear is I'm gonna have a bunch of horror movies in August and September, and then get to October, and it's gonna be Christmas movies, like just because yeah. that's my luck. Or, but, or Christian movies, or Christian Christmas movies. Yeah. Well, I guess movies about dogs. Oh God. <laughs> All right, press the magic button now. Next week's movie is. Hey, it's a horror movie. Wow, what a streak I'm on. The Empty Man from 2020. It is on HBO Max. That Hi. is all. So, hmm. my apologies if you don't have that. But if you do, that's where you can find it. The Empty Man from 2020 is next week's film. Oh, wow. That'll do it. That'll do it. Wow. Um, that trivia is still blowing my mind. <laughs> I suppose we can do all of our stuff. I am uh, at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter. The show is That's So Random. P2, the show is an email address, that's so random, pod at gmail.com for your complaints and inquiries, or if you're Jean Spacuza hate mail that she's probably about to send me. I don't mean any horror, I don't mean any, hopefully she never hears this, this is because purely, I feel bad. <laughs> this is really for entertainment purposes, this yes. is not to bag on anybody. But, it, you know, you can email me and bitch me out, that's fine. Yeah, it makes life interesting. Um... What else? Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter. Go check out his stuff. Uh, Instagram for this loud-ass baby. Sorry. Is Florence the chillaxinist baby, which sometimes is true. That's not the address, though. What is, yeah. my, what is I, my Instagram I think address? It's, it's at Heath Lambert. Is it just at Heath Lambert? I think. Let me look. I should know this, but I don't. Yeah, it's your Florence the chillaxinist baby, and then it's Heath Lambert's. So if you look up either Florence. Just Heath Lambert? No dots, yep. no numbers, just Heath Lambert. Wow, I got it. Yep. And I am Carrie Valerice on Instagram, or Brinka Chica. I'm Carrie Valerice on Twitter, too. My Instagram is mostly pictures of the baby. Me, too. And a couple of my 16-year-old. He's not as fun to take pictures of, though, because he's grumpy. But he knows how to be quieter in a podcast, goddammit. Unlike Florence. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, enough of that. So, for next week, The Empty Man from 2020 on HBO Max. Thank you, everyone, for listening, as always. And thank you for being you, you beautiful people. And I love you. And I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.